0: you're listening
1: to the whatcom report a bellingham regional chamber of commerce program in partnership
2: with kgmi
3: good morning and welcome to the whatcom report on kgmi news talk 790 my name is ray jack founder and ceo at kukum kid foster care agency here in town but this morning i'm playing the role of host. And I'm speaking with John Perry, the mayor of Everson and Amy Cloud, who's the uh, public information officer uh, in the sheriff's office, uh, which is where a lot of the emergency preparedness work uh, uh, at the county resides. And I wanted to talk to these two because a couple of years ago, the Nooksack River flooded in a way that no one living had seen before. Much of Everson and Sumas were underwater for several days. Homes and businesses were washed away and several of our schools were flooded to the point of being unusable for months. It happened really fast and the evacuation was slower <laughs> I think than most people expected that it would be and, and lives were lost. And in the aftermath, there was a general consensus that we were not sufficiently prepared for a flood like that. And there's been a lot of good work done to get ready for the next natural disaster, but there may still be some things that we can and should be doing. So I wanted to talk with Mayor Perry, uh, and amy about um, uh, about about that about emergency preparedness um, this is an important conversation uh, and especially as we're um, uh, looking towards an, an El Nino winter so stick around we'll be right back
0: Looking to improve your comfort and save money? Start with your home's largest energy consumer, your heating and cooling system. Hi, I'm Brad Barron, CEO of Barron Heating, AC Electrical and Plumbing, with a check-all-the-boxes solution, the Daikin Fit Enhanced Heat Pump. This compact, all-electric system utilizes energy-saving inverter technology to efficiently heat your home in winter and keep it cool during the summer. Delivering year-round comfort, the Daikin Fit Enhanced Heat Pump is environmentally friendly, exceptionally quiet, and maintains. Consistent temperatures. Plus, you can save up to 30% with the 25c tax credit. Right now, Barron's Same Cash offer allows you to make a difference with no out-of-pocket expense, pay no interest, and make no payments for 12 months. Lock in 2023's prices and pay nothing until next year save energy save money pay later why wait call baron today about the innovative Daikin fit enhanced heat pump baron your full service hvac electrical and plumbing contractor our mission improving lives
4: hey at our startup my team and i move at the speed of tech 24 7 and every single day it's information overload it's coming at me from all directions and you know what bottom line i just need the news that matters so where do i turn local radio and tv I want to hear from people who live and work in my town. They give me the real story, with information I know I can rely on. So where else can I find out what's happening in my community? Weather and traffic, things that affect my family and my business. I want to stay informed by sources I trust, my local radio and TV stations, for the best entertainment, sports, news, traffic and weather with no agenda and more reliable than other platforms. So if you ask me for the information I want anytime, Anywhere, I stay local. Support your local station. Text RADIO to 52886 today. Furnished by the NAB and this station. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out.
3: Welcome back to the Whatcom Report on KGMI News Talk 790. This is Ray Deck, founder and CEO at Spookum Kids. I'm serving as host this morning, and we're talking about emergency preparedness, a topic that's uh, in front of mind for people who live in the north and east part of the county, uh, maybe a little less so if you live on the high ground in, in uh, uh, Bellingham or you know, close to the coast. But um, I'm joined by uh, John Perry, who's the mayor of Everson, and Amy McLeod uh, from the sheriff's office. Uh, thank you both for taking the time.
2: You're welcome.
3: Thanks, thanks for having us, Ray. Amy, I'd like to start with you. Um, Your role's, I think, relatively new to the county. Brand new. Brand new, brand new. Great. So could you fill us in on on that role and, and what it is that you
2: do? Absolutely. I'm the public information officer, as you mentioned, PIO, for the Division of Emergency Management, which is under the umbrella of the sheriff's office. And actually, what's exciting is that this position came out of lessons learned from the 2021 flood. There were a number, and I'm sure Mayor Perry remembers, a number of issues identified as some of the reasons that that recovery and response weren't what they should have been. And and one was identified as um, deficiencies in warning and public information, and a lot of information from different sources at different times rather than then vetted into a a, a credible source. So the county uh, decided to fund that position. And I have the honor of being the first person in that role. But I will say this, I was there for the 2021 floods and last year's Christmas storms and most of the floods of the past year as a volunteer PIO. So it's just really, really different seeing it from this side
3: yeah yeah i'll say um
2: uh mayor perry
3: two years ago is a, a long time ago and and i suspect the flood has been somewhat memory hold for people who you know that they, they didn't have water in their living room so um could you just give us a refresher exactly what was it that happened two years ago um
5: quite a bit that uh so it started with some early warnings of uh, probably Thursday, Friday for us that um, a significant flood event was coming. Um, you know, significant meaning you know somewhere equivalent to uh, I think originally it was the 2017 floods, which weren't very memorable. I didn't remember it, so I thought, well, we're we're in pretty good shape. And then uh, throughout the course of you know the next 24 to 48 hours, the uh, the Projections kept kind of ramping up uh, to the point of about four o'clock on Sunday, uh, we were told it was going to be similar to the flood of 1990. And then what we ended up seeing was a flood that was three times that size for Everson and Nucksack and Sumas, uh, changes in the river, uh, and the the amount of rainfall that we had, You know, I think 18 inches over a several day period of time up in the mountains, along with snowmelt led to that increase in overflow Uh, and so it 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 caught us by surprise it caught the county by surprise Uh, it caught all our residents by surprise and it it did delay all of our emergency response because we weren't in the appropriate places at the right times and we didn't get people out when we should have
3: amy you mentioned that you were a volunteer pio at the time how is that is that a situation where you just happened to notice that it was raining really heavy? And so you thought you'd go down to the sheriff's office and see if they needed any help? Or it was, I imagine it was a role you had prepared for. Um, right.
2: I actually worked with the PIO for the sheriff's office, Deb Slater and Bellingham Police Lieutenant Claudia Murphy. The three of us formed a community volunteer PIO group to train and be ready to support because that's been a deficiency. In years past, being able to get the information where it needs to go as quickly as as possible.
3: Um, and uh, th- I, you know, uh, the the timing of that those events in in 2021, I, I'm sure didn't do you any favors, right? When you get the updated forecast on Sunday evening, that's maybe the hardest possible time to get information out to folks. Um, uh, is or is the the I guess how how do how are you thinking about the a county's ability to communicate with residents um, and how it's changed um, uh, since those events?
2: Well, as I mentioned, when they did the review, and I certainly hope Mayor Perry was part of this, they identified several deficiencies like swift water rescue, the need for an emergency response center, an incident management team, and they noted the effect that climate change has had where as mayor perry mentioned we're having more and more of these significant events we're, we're discovering that that the atmospheric rivers are increasing uh, in intensity and when they come coastal flooding is causing more damage and we've got wildfires which destroy the landscape and lead to the hazard of mud flows during some of these really heavy rain periods. So when we, when they did, identified those deficiencies, what they did over the past two years, the county before I got here was they prioritized and identified how to meet those needs. And I'm encouraged and and really excited to share that most of those needs have been addressed. Not not just the position I hold, but for instance, they have been able to purchase and staff a couple walk rescue boats. Um, We've hired staff that is developing the incident management team. Uh, w- we've invested in sirens and variable message boards and uh, trailers that are filled with materials that you need on scene because as happened where uh, the mayor lives in different places around the county, they got isolated pretty fast. And so part of what we were able to do is get resources that can be deployed to those communities. So they have them on on site as part of their response. I'll stop yeah, there
3: that, I- yeah, that that sounds that sounds important. Um, all those sound like really good innovations. Um I, I'm one something that I've always been wondering about is in the in the mind of the people who plan for these things, was the 2021 flood a uh, fluke, or is that the new normal? Like, are we planning for, you know, we should harden ourselves to the point that we can uh, sort of expect or sustain um, uh, a flood like that, like once a year or once a decade, or like, are we sort of adjusting? I feel like there's a you know, a storm of a lifetime about every other year, these days? Are we adjusting our sort of expectation for the intensity of these these sorts of events?
5: Um, I think that uh, we have to, we have to expect that we're going to see these as communities, uh, nationwide, we're not prepared for natural disasters. Uh, They happen every year. Uh, Just, you just don't know which location they're going to happen in. And so we should be prepared for an event of this magnitude. What what made this one unique for Everson, Nooksack, and Sumas was the uh, buildup of sediment in the river that uh, has reduced capacity over the last 30 years by 35%. That turned that 100-year flood that we saw uh, at Cedarville, uh, it turned it into a 200-year flood for Everson, Nooksack, and Sumas. Kind of acted as a pressure relief valve. And so then Lyndon and Ferndale only saw a 50 year flood event. And so it, it uh, as the river changes, so does how flooding occurs around the county. And, uh, and so each community has to be prepared for uh, increased flood levels based on the current condition of the Nooksack River.
3: Well, on behalf of Lyndon and Ferndale, I guess thanks for taking one for the team. I, that yeah. no, I know nobody would want that, nobody would expect that, or, or wish for that. And you know, it, it's um, I I think it, it speaks to how the uh the emergency preparedness work is especially prescient for those Riverside communities um, like Everson, Nooksack, Sumas. So. Um, I'm excited but to explore would, this a little bit
2: today. I would add that it's also the coastal communities. It's a it's a confluence of the events. Some of what John has described, and and some of some of which is appears to be climate change related, because coastal communities that have not been impacted in decades past have seen impact lately.
3: So you're saying it's our turn next,
2: huh? Yeah. Well, you, you probably recall in Bellingham we also had flooding. Certainly, you know the, the mayor mentioned each community needs to be ready and be prepared because we have different different um, situations. But nonetheless, we're going to experience something in Bellingham at that time. Squalicum. I don't know if you know Squalicum Way that goes down from the hospital all the way down to the bay. That was a river at one point. You didn't recognize that it was a road. So. That isolated people on both sides of it. So he's absolutely right. Every community has deficiencies and weaknesses and vulnerabilities. And it is our responsibility to prepare and be ready. Yeah,
3: I think it was Squelcombe Parkway. And then the other place in Bellingham was, uh, um, uh, what is that? S- uh, State State Street, where all the car dealerships are. Um, yeah, Iowa Street. Yeah, Iowa Iowa right? Street. Yes, that's right. Yeah. One was one was a river and the other was a lake. Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay, well, let's take a break and then we come back. uh, Mayor Perry, I want to hear about the recovery efforts um, in particular.
6: For 77 years, DeWard and Bodie has been the largest independent appliance and mattress retailer in Whatcom and Skagit counties. But being bigger isn't always better. Being better is better. That's why DeWard and Bodie doesn't only bring you the largest selection of appliances, the largest team of professional in-house service technicians, and the largest fleet of delivery and installation teams. They bring you the absolute best, the best reviewed and the most reliable major home appliances, barbecues, and mattresses from the industry's leading brands. They service the products they sell with factory certified technicians, keeping you covered with worry-free warranties up to five years. Plus, they offer professional delivery and installation, and they'll even haul away the old stuff. Shopping at De & Bodie means supporting local jobs and families. It also means supporting local charities through De & Bodie's Charity of the Month program. So when you shop here, you're making an impact. Thank you for 77 years of continued support. Deward and Bodie, your original local appliance store since 1946.
2: This is Heidi Person, General Manager of the Cascade Radio Group, with a look at some good news in our community that we like to call The Upside.
7: Bellingham-based Excel Pacific recently received the top rating among large companies in the 2023 ranking of Washington's best workplaces. The honorees were chosen through a survey conducted by Quantum Workplace, a national research firm for the Puget Sound Business Journal. Excel Pacific recognizes their importance of their employees in multiple ways, including after-work celebrations of success, milestone anniversary gifts, and a 4 401k program with a matching contribution that doesn't have a cap on the employee salary. Founded in 1989, Excel Pacific is recognized as an industry leader in commercial mixed use and residential construction throughout the PNW.
1: The Upside is brought to you by RB Wick and Bellingham Coin Shop. Stop by today for a free coin or antique evaluation. 1806 Cornwall, one block south of Bellingham High School or at BellinghamCoin.com.
2: If you have good news to report, email it to us at the upside at cascaderadiogroup.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back to
3: the Whatcom Report on KGMI News Talk 790. This is Ray Deck, founder and CEO at Scoopum Kids, serving this morning as host. We're talking about emergency preparedness, and I'm speaking with John payer Perry. Mayor of Everson and Amy Cloud, uh, Public Information Officer, uh, in the Sheriff's Office. Um, uh, Thank you both for taking the time, John. I'd love to ask you about the recovery. Um, It seemed like you know, for as much uh, as the the, we were sort of surprised by the flood um, and uh, you know, caught off guard, I guess. uh the, the, it did seem like you know the early recovery happened quite quickly and then maybe stalled out some. Um uh maybe like some of the later like home reconstruction and home buyout has been slower than we would have wanted. But talk a little about sort of the initial uh uh recovery. I, I don't know, schools got reopened really quickly. Um uh what what sort of was made it possible to um that sort of first phase of recovery so fast?
5: Well, I think um, you know the, we were transitioning from the response phase into the recovery phase, uh, and we we made that transition in about four or five days with with some help from BP's incident management team. They were they were instrumental in our community cleanup day, where I think uh, we turned our shopping center into a garbage pile and uh, hauled out. I think Everson had about $300,000 worth of, of garbage hauled out that uh, in that short period of time. And I think Sumas was double that. And uh, uh, But they helped us kind of get the ball rolling. Uh, early on, uh, a group called Whatcom Strong formed in the immediately after the flood, and that was made up of community leaders, uh, church groups from Linden, Everson, Nooksack, Sumas, and it kind of kind uh, a grassroots organization that, that ended up uh, rolling into the Whatcom Long-Term Recovery Group. Um, one of the things that we learned through this is that in order to, to get that help that you need, those volunteer organizations that are called BOEF, Volunteer Organizations Active in Disasters, in order to get those to come into your area, you have to have case managers that vet clients, uh, look at income levels, look at duplication of benefits. Um, and and coordinate those teams to come in, provide housing for them while they're here doing that work, and and get them um, connected with the clients, get the materials uh, on the ground, get money for those materials. And so the, the first step we had to take was to form this and Long-Term Recovery Group. Uh, and, and that took about six months, really, to get to the point where uh, we were we're processing clients. And so that, that was the biggest roadblock for us. And, and that delay kind of takes it off people's minds. Early on, everybody wants to come and help. And we had five, 600 volunteers out here on cleanup day. I had people up here from Everett. And I uh, said, what what are you doing up here from Everett? And he goes, so I was just in the neighborhood, thought I'd stop by and help. And, you know, so they were, you know, people were just coming and, and it was great. The, but after that, you know, that, uh, it's not quite as pressing and so uh, having this long-term recovery group uh, that is established now will make it easier for us to uh, to activate as soon as a natural disaster hits whether it's uh, wildfires or or floods or you know any type earthquakes Uh, we have the systems in place now currently we've got we've worked through a lot of our our client list the team we've got has been uh, incredible in uh, in getting in really working with people, and so we're we're getting down the list. I think uh, World Renew, one of the uh, volunteer organizations that's been really active, uh, them along with uh, Habitat for Humanity has been real helpful as well lately. Um, really since this this spring, uh, they've been there. I think World Renew is I think their last day is going to be in, in a week or two and uh and we'll have worked through most of our big projects we've got 25 or so homes left that we're that we're still working on and uh and just some other case management style issues but um we're we're we can see the light at the end of the tunnel on the, on the recovery end
3: well that's great to hear so amy john gives us that pretty useful like taxonomy right to. Two, so sort of types of work. There's the emergency response, and then the next phase is the recovery phase. It, for you in the in the the sheriff's office and the emergency management team at the county, are you specifically focused on emergency preparedness and then the initial response, or do you do you, does the county? Uh, I guess your group in the county play a role in the recovery as well.
2: Absolutely, the certainly preparedness and response and recovery. Um, to supplement all that he shared, when Incident Command is activated through the part, Division of Emergency Management, that enables us to roll out the structure that includes logistics planning, operations, mm-hmm. communication, and it it enables us to take the steps, for instance, to reach out to the National Guard, the Red Cross, to have the proclamation um, that allows that opens the door to some of those services that are government-provided services in addition to the grassroots spontaneous volunteers. And actually within the incident command structure, there is a volunteer branch because, you know, as the mayor noted, people are really good-hearted when the first thing they want to do is help. And it's not always helpful when they, when they just show up, when they're not um, vetted for what they can do and where they can go and what the needs are and matching those up. Um, And I would say, actually, we still have some folks from FEMA here in our building at the EOC working through some of these claims and processes left over from the 2021 flood. So, um, you know, as the mayor mentions, it people aren't aware of it; they don't hear about it. But the work is continuing every single day. A lot of agencies are still engaged and invested in. You know, we just recently had the Congress grant come through. And that that was, you know, a year and a half after this great need was demonstrated. So it, it's it's ongoing. Certainly the um, recovery part, I'm new to this role, so I can't speak historically, but but I can say I, I certainly see a much bigger emphasis on that piece of it now in addition to preparedness and the immediate response when we use the incident command system to make sure you're addressing all the
3: needs. Um you may I um, Amy you mentioned FEMA and and their role in all this. As, as I understand, you know, um there's been some disappointment at FEMA's speed in in a few of these areas, particularly the the some buying out some of the homes that aren't going to be reconstructed. What's the uh, I'm not sure who to direct this to whether Mayor Perry or you Amy, but w- What's the sort of latest on that? Most recently I read was a letter from Executive Sudu to our legislative delegation asking for their help in, in sort of moving that along. Um, uh, have we seen any movement um, from them since since that?
5: Yeah, I can speak to that, Ray. Um, the, what had happened was with the wildfires in Maui and, uh, and just the, the expense of that response and, and probably coupled with uh, hurricanes in Florida and, you know, uh, disasters all over the country, funding was running low. And so what they did was instituted this INF status, which is immediate needs funding. Um, and that it's not unusual. It's happened uh, maybe nine or 10 times in the last 20 years. Uh, and uh, they recently just uh, released that. That status, they got their funding up, uh, and so we're we're back on track for those buyout elevation programs. It's still taken a lot longer than we would like to see. We've got people that have been out of their homes for almost two years now, and with the promise of a buyout, and uh, that's that's a long time to ask people not to rebuild their home and not move back in. And so we're uh, we're we're thankful that it's we're almost there for some of these. Uh, but we still got more more steps to go, and and uh, we've also got several phases of these buyout programs. So this is just phase one.
3: Yeah, that. Let's go. I'm glad to hear it's moving again. So, um, all right, let's take another break, and then when we come back. I want to talk about exactly what's changed in our emergency preparedness since 2021. So um, uh, we'll we'll take a break, and then be back.
7: Radio Real Estate with Mike Kent on KGMI. Every Saturday, I break down what's happened in the market. More importantly, I share expert insight as to what you can expect next with your Watkin County real estate investment. Radio Real Estate is sponsored by Linden Sheet Metal, Windermere Real Estate, and Windwood Enterprises. 10 a.m. every Saturday on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com.
8: Don't put your golf clubs in the closet this winter. Take them to Volley Entertainment and Sports Bar in Bellingham. And this Thursday with PNW Perks, you can check out Volley for half the price. Virtually play some of the world's best golf courses with Volley's state-of-the-art golf simulator. And the whole family can have fun with their brand-new blackout mini-golf nine-hole course. Volley Entertainment Center and Sports Bar is adding more entertainment than ever. blacklight miniature golf, pickleball, cornhole, ping-pong, pool, shuffleboard, a state-of-the-art golf simulator. Plus, there are TV screens all over Volley. Enjoy the 16 taps of local craft beer and snack on their great bar food. Plus, you can book your birthday or workplace holiday party at Volley. This Thursday with PNW Perks, you can get an hour on the golf simulator for two, plus a round of blackout mini golf for two, and you'll get it all for half the price. Head to pnwperks.com this Thursday at 8 a.m. to get in on the fun. Check them out in Bellingham or online at volleybellingham.com.
7: KGMI Connects with Joe Tien is about our community and you.
6: Hey, I, I want to uh, agree with the uh, what, what Michelle said as far as you uh, listening very good to everybody and being open to every conversation, which is, I think, why so many people call.
7: Join us each weekday at 4 p.m. for KGMI Connects. God bless you, Joe, for what you're doing, and, and we're glad to have you out there. On KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. Keep up with what's happening in Linden with Bo Wild and the Linden Hometown News on KGMI. Further north on the guide, if you look back toward Linden's door, you'll see some clearing and some building going on. There is a fuel station and stores going in there.
1: It's brought to you by Rustler's Front Street Grill and the Rusty Wagon in Linden. Stop by today for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Downtown on Front Street and on Hannigan, just north of Pole Road. Bo
7: knows Linden and so will you with the Linden Hometown News. Mondays on the KGMI morning. Morning news.
1: Hi, this is Marcia Neal. You probably know me from Vibrant USA. We are excited to announce we are now Guided Solutions. That's right, we have a new name. We are continuing to offer our same great services and look forward to hearing from you. Are you approaching retirement and need help navigating Medicare? Are you on Medicare and want updates on potential changes for 2024? Our agents are here to help, so give us a call at 866 733 Five one one one.
3: Welcome back to the Whatcom Report on KGMI News Talk 790. This is Ray Deck of Skookum Kids serving as host. I'm speaking with John Perry, Mayor of Everson and Amy Cloud from the Sheriff's Office. We're talking about emergency preparedness. Um, I'd love to hear, um, Amy, as we're thinking about um, emergency preparedness, are there like Buckets of work, or sort of types of uh, sort of effort, you know, um, uh, that you sort of use to organize the 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 uh, uh, upgrade, I guess you'd call it, like early warning systems. I know has gotten a, uh, some focus, and evacuation planning. Like, what are the categories here?
2: Mm, that's a big topic. <laughs> um, and as I said, I'm pretty new to this role, so I'm learning some of this myself, but. As a communicator, I I would say some of the buckets of work are not just what we in the Division of Emergency Management are doing, have done, and are planning to do, and what everybody out in the communities is doing. It's what individuals also need to know to do. Um, They need to make sure that they have all the medications and food and animal supplies and toilet paper they might need. In the event something does happen pretty quickly. But what we're doing, a division of emergency management, to try to help people get to that process is the ready, set, go system, which is both part of the alert system and part of how we can plan as communities and as individuals. That when you get ready, you're thinking about what do I need? What do my neighbors need? What do my kids or parents need in other places? So that when they say, get set, we know what we're gonna pick up and take with us if conditions continue that, that it's unsafe to stay where we are. So that when we get to go, our community and, and those of us who have essential responsibilities have a, a go bag, we're ready to go, we go where we're needed and we're prepared to stay there as long as we're needed. So um, the you know, when you talked about the the buckets of work, it's it's vast. I mean, I, I mentioned some of the things we've got coming on board now, like getting boats for swift water rescue to get to folks who are basically isolated their their islands. And you, you can't just have the the boats; you have to have people who are trained and know how to do that. This community is blessed with some amazing volunteers who do search and rescue. They specialize in everything from um, this swiftwater rescue to um, off roads to highly trained first aid, so they can get people who've been injured out. And I was just learning about that at the same meeting. Mayor Perry was talking about um, that is that's required to the sheriff's office to provide, but it's not funded. So. One of the buckets of work is making sure we have good relationships and support of those volunteers who make a difference, like in search and rescue, and also the community emergency response teams, which are highly trained uh, groups of individuals who are certified and ready to respond. That's just a piece of what we're doing at DEM, it's the piece that I've wrapped my brain around so far, but.
3: Um... You know, you, you say that you're new in this job, but I that was a very veteran PIO move to slip in. You know, every citizen should have a go back and have a plan. That was that was very clever and, and artfully done. Um, uh, Mayor Perry, you mentioned that um, uh, uh, that there was some like warning in advance of the 2021 flood. And some estimate about the magnitude of it, and those those early estimates appeared to be incorrect, uh, or they were you know sort of updated right as it went along. Um, is there has there been any change to the systems that we use to estimate like how much water is coming <laughs> downstream?
5: Yes, uh, the one of the things is is understanding what the current conditions of the river are that is how they that all, all the models are based on what's called a bathymetric survey of the river uh, they use a blue green lidar flyover where they're able to penetrate the water loud surface and and map the bottom of the entire river channel and and so they use that in conjunction with uh, the weather projections you know uh, to see how much rainfall is predicted Uh, how much we're seeing, what the path of the storm is taking, and that all goes together into creating a uh, forecast for flooding. Uh, When one of those variables is off, such as the bottom of the river, uh, which is a big variable, um, that changed everything. So the storm was more intense. It it, It hit us dead center, and then the river, which we knew there was something going on, but we hadn't nailed it down completely we didn't understand what the the impacts were that uh so, so now we've we've got that data we have that information i'm working with uh, we have a city of everson hired a hydrologist to to kind of answer some of our questions that we have and and i'm i'm working to get a, a basically a map book put together that'll tell me basically where the water will be at at different stages of uh flooding and so that'll help us guide our evacuations. So if the river is gonna be at 50,000 CFS, uh, peak flow at Cedarville, I can expect this kind of extent of flooding over the Everson, Nooksack, Sumas area. Um, that'll, uh, that'll just guide us in, in our response. Now, things can always change. The storms, we don't control mother nature. So a lot of times we're predicted to get a, a flood and then the storm doesn't hit us it's kind of like the snowpocalypse warnings that we get where uh you know we're, we're going to get six inches of snow and we get 0.6 inches um it, but you have to be prepared and so i think our goal coming out of this was to communicate better both the, the county to communicate to us better us to communicate to our citizens better and in that way um, we don't hopefully needs swift water rescue boats or to pull people out in front end loaders or tractors. I mean, it, the reason there were so many rescues was because we didn't give people enough time to get out of their home. And we didn't know that that level of flow was coming. My goal would be no swift water rescues in the next flood that we have. We should be prepared enough to give people advanced warning through everybody now has a system in place to notify their, uh, their residents, um, their app. We're using the buoyant app. I think Sumas and uh, Nooksack are using those as well. And the county has their their new um, program as well. So I think communication. We'll probably over communicate in this next go around, and uh, people get sick of hearing from us. But it, it beats using Facebook, which was what I did a lot of mm-hmm. during the flood, and uh, way more Facebook than I ever did before and plan to do in the future.
3: I'm sure I, I like the that your goal is no swiftwater rescue and still yet uh amy's working on making sure we have we have uh, prepared and, and well-trained swiftwater rescue mm-hmm. teams um amy you mentioned earlier in our conversation that flood isn't the only type of natural disaster that you guys are preparing for in the sheriff's office you mentioned uh uh wildfire we had a wildfire in whatcom county um mm-hmm. this summer and. Um, I imagine there's there's uh, you know uh, the big one is what I have nightmares about yeah. the, the earthquake and and uh, and tsunami. So what what's uh, what are the the like, you have a big binder for each of those natural disasters down there at the oh. at the sheriff's office? Exactly what are you getting ready for?
2: All of the above, quite frankly. Um, we even when I was a volunteer as a P.I.O. they are regular drills. There was one on Mount Baker Lahar. It's a dormant but active volcano, and should it erupt, um, we're gonna, I learned that we're gonna see a lot more mud than anything else, and preparing for that. Some of the things we're preparing for is is communication to make sure that starting if, things like weather, where we can do a tentative 10-day look ahead, and we're getting ready so that by day five, we. We think we know what's going to happen, and we're preparing messaging and getting folks ready from day five before a predicted event, all the way down to day one. When by then you're ready, and we can say, "Go and go on someplace good." Some of the things, like the big one, the earthquake like Cascadia Rising, was one of the drills a few years ago, because we know that <laughs> won't stop at any border and um, will isolate us. major roadways will go down. And so we've been learning how to do more of our work remotely. That's one of the mixed lessons of COVID, frankly, is we were forced to learn how to communicate remotely so that if those of us who work at the emergency operations center are physically unable to get here, we can still do the work that we're called to do. So, um, We've been experiencing a number of things like the combination of king tide and uh, the full moon. We often hear from John Gargett, who lives closer to coastal flooding, the challenge that creates. And that's always on the radar.
3: Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's take a break. uh, And then when we come back, I want to have a conversation about what still needs to happen um, for us to be as prepared as we as we can be.
1: You've earned your retirement and you're ready to fully embrace it. So why not do it with style at Meadow Greens Retirement? You'll enjoy active, independent living with amenities like the library lounge, wellness program, and expansive social calendar. Indulge in three daily meals made from scratch, get pampered at the on-site salon, and join in for Friday night socials. Meadow Greens is active retirement, the only locally owned retirement facility in the county, with one and two bedroom apartments with full kitchens available offering the freedom of eating in or enjoying a meal at the Outward Nine or the Duck Hook Bistro. Meadow Greens can also be of help when it's time to transition from an independent apartment to assisted living.
4: Hi, I'm Josh Howe, director here at Meadow Greens. I'd like to personally invite you to come to our community. I look forward to showing you all that we have to offer. Call Meadow Greens today to arrange a private tour at 354-8200 and online at meadowgreenslinden.com. The grass is always greener at Meadow Greens.
1: KGMI invites you on an adventure to explore the Americana that is Boston and Cape Cod with me, Deanna Haraluk, on KGMI's Cape Cod and the Islands Tour, June 1st through the 7th with Bel Air Tours and Adventures. Discover the history of Boston, explore Cape Cod and Nantucket Island, enjoy a traditional New England lobster dinner and more. Be a part of the experience. Find out more. Two info meetings this week. Join Bel Air Tours and Adventures and KGMI at 630 Wednesday at the Barkley Jalapenos in Bellingham or 6.30 Thursday at Rustler's Front Street Grill in Linden.
8: There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station.
3: Welcome back to the and Report on KGMI News Talk 790. Ray Deck here serving as host. Uh, we're talking about emergency preparedness. And big thank you to Mayor John Perry uh, and Amy Cloud from the, the Sheriff's Office for, for taking the, the, the time to, to uh, speak with me about this today. Uh, thank you, both. You're welcome. So um, I want to talk um, here just in our last segment about what still needs to happen. So, John, I'd like to ask, are there emergency preparedness steps that you, you would like, right, as a representative, as a resident of, and a representative of the Everson community, are the things that you wish that we, had, that we would do or, or be doing um, that we haven't yet been able to do?
5: I think we're, it's always going to evolve as, I mean, we've got a better plan in place, I and mean, we've had multiple meetings on this topic over the last two years, and I think we have a good plan in place moving forward but uh but we haven't been able to actually put it into you know we haven't implemented it yet because we haven't had a uh flood uh uh, that that's come to you know we've got a few close calls but nothing nothing major yet so um in theory it sounds great what we're planning and uh and so we'll we'll see how that goes i think the biggest thing for for us is I see is implementing some of the recommendations that came out of the 1999 CFHMP, that's the Walken County Comprehensive Flood Hazard Management Plan, um, and they identified, you know, Evers, Nooksack, and Sumas as being at risk, you know, most at risk in the county for flooding. And that's just, uh, it, and we haven't implemented those, any of those uh, mitigation efforts that we had looked at doing in 99, I think due to cost and due to fear we're going to send more water downstream. Uh, and now we've lost ground in the nooksack because of that 35% reduction in capacity. So we're in worse shape now than we were in 1999, coming out of those 1990 floods. And mm-hmm. so I think the, the work for us is, right now is, uh, and for Joaquin County, to be prepared for a flood. You know, we've, we're doing things, but we also need to mitigate for it. We need to uh, build some of these dikes and berms, work on how do we, how do we share the water a little bit more, um, try to minimize some of these impacts because it's not sustainable to have a flood like this as frequently as we might see them.
3: What uh, What was in that 99 report that we haven't done yet? Is that, is that the, I sometimes hear people talk about dredging the Nook Sack. Is that, uh, is that where that recommendation comes yeah, that, from?
5: That was the, um, there was a, a section in that it's a 200 page report. So if you're bored one night, you should, uh, start flipping through it uh, there's also a 1995 Nooksack River flood history report and that's about 131 pages so uh, if you want a little lighter reading you could do that one but most of it was analyzing how the river flows and, and looking at ways to protect our communities and, and uh, doing a dike around Everson and Nooksack was and raising roads creating flood, additional flood storage in, um, in the farmland One is there's another option, basically slow the water down a little bit, and because uh, it drops about 30 feet between Everson and, and Sumas, and so if you raise those roads, you can create kind of holding ponds. Uh, so it, it, but with the change in the river, like I said, it's um, it's even more pressing that we address it in some manner. So uh, there but there's a lot of recommendations in there, and we're continuing to come up with. Um, New plans and new ideas through the FLIP, the integrated flood planning process that's been ongoing uh, since the floods. I mean, prior to that, but more focused on the Everson overflow since the flood. Uh,
3: Amy, I hear Mayor Perry saying that that, uh, Mm -hmm. he's got a lot of confidence in the. County's emergency management and the ways that it's improved over the last two years. We just need a we just need a trial run. So with a last name like Cloud, do you think you can get us a a, a chance to test drive all these new uh, these improvements?
2: Oh, I stay away on the horizon. I don't come near, but um <laughs> no, he uh I'm going to look up some of those sources he mentioned because I'm never at a loss for something that to read at night, that'll help me get to sleep. But (laughs) I I mentioned the um, lessons learned report from the 2021 flood. And we do have some of the things that were identified as deficiencies. We've met some of those, but not all of them. We still need to, um, we're testing, pilot testing, via. Alert evacuation system. We're going to be doing that this winter. Wish we could have it ready to go right now, but hopefully by the next time we have great need, we will have that. The, the county's already purchased that, and we're just getting ready to implement. We were able to get some materials that Mayor Perry mentioned through the commerce grant we just closed, but we've got some more coming right now, and we have one of those automated sandbag machines. We've got a few more coming. We've got, um, taking a look at my notes here, we've got uh, four all-weather drones already here, ready to go at those trailers that are packed up and loaded and ready to go out to the community. So a lot has been done. Some stuff is still sitting here ready to go. And as we go through this next season, we'll, we'll see are there, things that are more urgent need that we need to jump on right now or can we carry on as we have been responding as we go?
3: That's great. Well, thank you both for being with us. Uh, We're out of time, but um, it sounds like this is a lot of great work underway. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens next time the water rises. Thank you for having us.